when I started the business, I really started to feel unsure about myself because I was putting myself into it. I'd never been self-employed. I'd always had a manager, like, you know, to report into and, and whatnot. So I felt myself questioning absolutely everything and, and, you know, do people like me? And I'm a people pleaser in terms, that's why I'm so good at my job because I like to please my clients. So I reached out to Nicola and said, look, I don't know what help I need, but I just need something. Now, even though I'm absolutely fine and I'm strong now, I still speak to her once a month just to kind of, get the thoughts out of my head down you know it, with some, with a complete stranger and it's great I think sometimes it's just that having the strength to to speak to somebody so good day everyone I'd like to welcome our guest today Emma Devereaux from the UK welcome Emma thank you for being with us today and I'm just really looking forward to this conversation with Emma as I feel um, she's gone, some, gone through some very pivotal life experiences recently, and one of the most pivotal ones at this point was her journey of really recreating her life after divorce with two wee ones and looking at all these different pieces in her life and these moving parts and uh, really reflecting on where she was and how to move forward when your life is really not where you envisioned it to be. Just really learning from her story is the importance of to take pause and to stop and to think and respond and to pace ourselves and not to get too overwhelmed. So I really thank you today uh, for being here, Emma. And I know myself and all of our viewers or listeners will have so much to learn from your journey. So thank you for being here. Emma, I'll let you talk about the post, like, cause that's really what got my attention. And then I reached out to you. What was it? What was that post all about? So now? basically the, the picture is the boys, my two boys, in bed at my mum's house so a year ago just over a year ago I um, separated with my partner at the grand old age of 35 with two children back at home with my mom luckily we were only there for a few weeks my business was only six months old at that point and I just they were both fast asleep you know not a care in the world didn't really understand what was going on like it was like the first night we got there and I'm sat there thinking oh my, like, you know, whole world's just fallen apart. The business is six months old and this is like make or break. I've either got to roll with it now and really make it work or go and get a job at Tesco. Not that there's anything wrong, obviously, we're going to get a job yeah. at Tesco either. It's not what you had planned for yourself. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so it was very much, it was very much a reflection of, like, the last 12 months and kind of going from that situation I've now moved into I'm halfway to getting a deposit together for us to buy our own homes or we're renting at the moment the business is coming on phenomenally I employ four people now you know that's my driver that getting out of bed every day for for the kids is what what really kind of made me got me through that dark period I suppose you know if you were to think back Emma about yourself and as we try to get to know you a little bit better you know you talk about that picture that you posted with your kids and things just seemingly like no light at the end of that tunnel at that moment. Would you say that that's the, the first time you ever remember looking at that tunnel, let's just call it for a second, and being like, it's dark and I don't see light? Was that the first time that has ever happened? No, I think my mum was a single parent. She grew up with this, this four of us. We grew up in a family that you know, was poor. My stepfather wasn't particularly great with my mum, was emotionally and physically abusive. So kind of growing up in that environment was was tough. I look at my mum and she's so strong. She's so independent. She's, you know, she's kind of really come through the other side of that. The night that I sat there and the night that I took that picture in my head, I was like, wow, she did it with four of us. 
I can do it with two, you know. Like I said, I think there's always a point in people's lives that sh- that starts shaping them, and you can either you can either face it head on or you can take a step back and wallow in it. And it's it's obviously it's a fine balance, isn't it? You know, don't don't get me wrong, it's been a struggle, but I think every time I've had a setback in life, I've gone further forward with it, and I've managed to get over a hurdle and, and become stronger I mean I'm definitely stronger now than I was this time 12 months ago you know mentally physically all of it a lot what, what's the like your your earliest recollection of when you you sort of have ex, had that sort of experience that you you can recall that at that moment you know now that you look back on it you're like oh no that made me stronger did you have yeah. one in, in particular that stands out I mean, there's been a few. I moved out of home at 16, started my career in catering at 16. You know, that was really, really tough. Me and my first boyfriend got together, bought a house together. That all fell apart um, when I was 21. So, you know, that obviously at 21, that's devastating. That was like, oh, my God, the world's falling apart. Um, ended up back at my mum's there. My poor mum, she gets me back every time. And that was, <laughs> again, I was, you know, at that point I was in debt and I ended up going into a sales job. At that point, again, that was probably a real good defining career move although I didn't see that at the time um, did, did. What, what kind of job so I it? went into a state agency okay so this is at 21, 21. yeah well 21 22 heartbroken and in yeah. that so like the, there's like there's no present and there's no good looking future out there at the moment so it was like, I've just got to get myself got to get myself out of debt got to pay off everything that I owe and really kind of get out of that sort of thing so that's what I did. Worked really hard. Stayed with them for 10 years, worked up the ranks. Then met my partners, uh, my ex-partners, my baby's dad. Ended up having the boys and, you know, and again, unfortunately, that didn't that didn't work out. But sitting there, I think, being back at my mum's, thinking, now I can't wallow in it. You know, like, take me back to 21, I had a good few months of wallowing in. <laughs> you know, woe is me. But when it's just you, that you can't, it's, it is what it is, isn't it? You know, when it was me and the boys, I, I've got no choice. I've got to fight through. So, yeah, I'm really proud of, of that bit of it. When you think mm-hmm. back to when you were 21, you said you were you were in debt. It's it's a funny thing, debt. It just builds up on us. And then one day we're like, whoa. When you look back as, as a 21-year-old, did you did you know that this was you were getting to this point, that it, there'll be a data of reckoning coming up? Or how do, how do you see that? a 21-year-old or from 16 to 21 that that there are habits or that there are, you know, lifestyle choices that we make? What did you see as things that were things that you didn't know, but that they were kind of happening as as it was building up to this this breaking point? Yeah, I think... What, what would you say they were? So um, my sister and I inherited my grand's house. I was 18. You know, it, at that point, it was a lot of money that I went and bought my own house. So we, we sold grand's house and went and bought my own house. The partner that I'd picked at the time, you know, my mum was right and said, you know, he's no good for you. And, and but, you you know, as as a typical stubborn, I think it was 19, 20 at the time, you know, I'm going to I'm going to make this work because everyone told me that it wouldn't. So I definitely looking back, he didn't work. I did. You know, we've got more ex- expenditure going out of the house than coming into the house you know I'm not ashamed so I had to sell the house and that walked away with pretty much nothing because I bought it in 2007 which was the peak of the market over here sold it in 2010 which was the bottom of the market over here so walked away with with no equity you know that to me was actually that 
you know, was really unsensible, was not a good thing to do. Like I said, I was in debt. So just got no choice but to to really kind of dig deep and get myself out of it. You know, kind of picking myself up from that was was tough. But in a way, it was a really good lesson for me to learn because I'm so money savvy now. I've got no debt, started the business with no debt. The business has got no debt. You know, we're we're in really good profits for, for being 18 months or two years. It's almost like you kind of have to go through something like that to learn from it. What did you do to pick yourself up? Oh, sorry, Mohammed. Well, I, I was actually going to ask the same thing. So when you're 21, you now know. Yeah. You know how we, yeah. you just said you skipped over it. You know, it was to pick yourself up was tough. So what exactly, you know, what, what was this 21-year-old thinking? So one of the things that I did do, and the first goal was to pay everything off and to get myself to a point where I was back to, to zero, which is what I did. So I just worked really, really hard. I knew the job that I'd kind of fallen into almost because it was commission-based and I could rise throughout the ranks, you know, going to management positions and things. I knew that if I really put my mind to it, that I'd be able to earn really decent money to get you know, to kind of get that paid off. And so that's what I did, you know, worked bank holidays when some of my friends were out in the pubs and, and whatnot. I was like, no, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to do that. I actually took a bar job in the pub that the girls drank in. So I could not spend the day, but still be there, yeah. Um, you know, wow. so I was the estate job in the day and the bar job on a night. But yeah, and I, you know, did that for a couple of years. It took a while to pay it off. But like I said, I'm glad, I think because we'd kind of, come from being a poor family when you're given all of this money all of a sudden it's a little bit like you don't know you don't know what to do with it yeah and I think one of the things that's definitely taught me having the boys is you know when they were first born went through a stage of like really spoiling them and I'm like actually no that's that's not teaching them good things so I'm quite you know they have to earn their pocket money now and they're only five and three so they kind of understand it but you know they do have to earn if they want a new toy, they've got to save up for it. And I think that's that's probably one of the lessons that it really taught me is to install that that into them. Mm-hmm. And how for them to manage it, right? And just save on their yeah. own. And yeah, just all these, you don't think about all these things that are so valuable to learn when, yeah. Did you, when you were going through it, Emma, you know, this is back back when, and you said you, you wallowed, you know, for a while. I forget the term you used. And and I think that that's an interesting thing because you find wallowing. What are the thoughts that you're having when you're wallowing? What what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not, you know, mental health is a is a really big big topic, big subject at the minute. And you know, I've I've got a lady that I still do some coaching with now. That's brilliant. That you know, she's a cognitive behavior therapist. So yep. she's really yep. great at you know when I'm not feeling my best of just regulating my thoughts and you know I think my 20 if I could speak to my 21 year old self I would say to go and get some help you know because I I did get down and depressed about it I think you know I felt like I was completely on my own you know it was it was a really tough hard time to go through and when I started the business I really started to feel unsure about myself because I was putting myself into it. I'd never been self-employed. I'd always had a manager, like, you know, to report into and, and whatnot. So when I first started the business, I felt myself questioning absolutely everything and, and you know, do people like me? And I'm a people pleaser in terms of that's why I'm so good at my job because I like to please my clients. So when I first started the business, I reached out to Nicola and said, look, I don't know what help I need, but I just need some something now even though I'm absolutely fine and I'm strong now I still speak to her once a month just to kind of get the thoughts out of my head down you know with with a complete stranger and it's great I think sometimes it's just that having the strength to 
to speak to somebody. But yeah. if you if you watch like the best in the world in anything, uh, whether it's a tennis player, you know, a golfer, a an athlete, any high performance person always has what they call their their team of trainers and and managers. What do you, what are these people? You know, these people are there to watch this person, guide the person. <laughs> it's amazing how many people haven't caught on to that idea yet of having somebody, you know, whether it's a therapist, a trainer, or somebody being part of their team, I think it's a, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a great recipe for success. But you know, why I ask you about that 21 year old, because I believe that at those moments is it's when you started actually really defining who you are today, you started making decisions then and there, and you didn't have the resources of getting a therapist, you didn't have, you know, somebody necessarily to talk to. So I'm wondering, as imperfect and as under-resourced as that 21-year-old version of Emma was, there she was, she was doing something. And I'm curious really to understand for, for our listeners and our viewers as well that, you know, you did a little bit of both. You, you said you wallowed. And for some of them, many of them, including myself, we've done that too. And it served a purpose, don't you think? Like it made you... You know, I, I, it made you feel a little bit. It feels good to wallow. It can feel really. <laughs> it can feel comforting for a moment. Yeah, you know, I think you've got to get to a point where, right, that bit's done now. And I think if you yeah. if you keep everything yeah. bottled up, it's it that's no good for you either. You know, you've got to get it out. Right, I've done that bit. Let's put a plan together and let's work out how I'm going to put this right. Do you feel like those thoughts have slowed down more for you? Like when they surface and they present like the fear or the risk or whatever it is. Cause I know sometimes you can get really locked into that for a moment. So like, how are, are you able to shift out of that faster than you used to? Cause I know like what you mentioned CBT before, and I'm not sure if anyone knows, but I'll just explain it for a second. But cognitive behavior therapy is really about those intrusive thoughts we all have that are the things that you're just saying, like, what if this is coming up? What's going to happen? The third year is the worst year. And and so what cognitive behavior therapy does, which is like I, I like, is what's the evidence yeah. for this? And what is the evidence yeah. against this? And let's look at this from a balanced perspective. So, yeah, it could be risk, but also... I work really hard and I know how to mitigate this risk and I'm going to, I'm aware of it and I'm on it. Yeah, and, you know, so like, if you are able to walk through that a little bit easier. Yeah, for I, yourself mean, I don't know whether you use what Nicola calls the stop process. It's like, as soon as those thoughts start coming, right, stop. And then like you said, work out, is this reality? Is this, is this not? And, and then balancing it. And yeah. And now I can pretty much come out of it, you know, within a day I've turned myself around and I'm right what you know and I think also where I'm at right now is I don't think I can ever experience the 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 feeling of being scared and I was so scared that that night at my mum's my boys are asleep and I'm like yeah we haven't even got a house like we haven't got a roof over our heads like obviously we have because my mum but you know for me that I don't think I'm ever going to be in a, a position like that again I'll never allow myself to be in that position again there's that now fighting for, you know, the deposit for that for a house for them to live in. That that's it. You know, no, no partner, no landlord. Nobody could ever turn around and say that's your. And if if I ended up losing the house, that would be my fault. You know, not that that's that's ever ever going to happen. So yeah, they're definitely turning it around a lot, hell of a lot quicker than again at 21. You know, that was three months of <laughs> following in. You know that, like I said, that you know I can't come into work today. 
it's a major thing. Like just like the business onto itself and then to have a business starting at the time of a separation is like, I don't know if I work a lot in separation and divorce. And I, I feel like there's such a, because separation and divorce are so common, I feel like we often trivialize just how um, distressing it can be, if not traumatic for people, because it is actually traumatic for very many people. You know, a lot of people that go through divorce are hard on themselves through that time because that is such a hard emotional journey. So then you're going through that while you're co-creating a new pathway to be self-sustainable. Like, that's a lot of heavy lifting. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot. The, the hardest part that, that, that I'm trying to think through right now, it's kind of like, do you ever get this feeling that, you know, in order to, to, to recuperate, to recover out of this, there's got to be something that's thinking about, like, success, right? Yeah. Whereas simultaneously, the, there's a failure going yeah. on, right? It, or a perceived failure, right, in my mind. How do you on one hand say to yourself, like, what do you, what does a person say to themselves, right? Who could be feeling the feeling of failure, right? Being very, very real while simultaneously talking to themselves or talking to themselves about the plan to be successful in something else. Did you get the same sort of thoughts or feelings? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think the grief bit of it for me, Growing up in a family where my dad wasn't living with us and then obviously my stepdad, then the situation there moved out. All I wanted was that mum, dad and two kids. So I think the grief bit for me was more like I've let the boys down and I haven't got a family, a, a full family unit. Then I went into overdrive of trying to make it as normal as possible. And I've got a great co-parenting relationship with with Ben, with the boys' dad. You know, we we get on really, really well. And, and I kind of made that from the offset of, look, we may not be together, but you're still their dad and I'm still their mom, and we've yeah. got to, you know, we've yeah. got to parent and um, together. But, you know, there were some days where I literally had to say to myself, you can do this today. And I think taking it little bit by little bit. So something yeah. that Stacey instilled to me really, really, you know, way, way back was celebrate the little wins because then the little wins, you know, so it was, it was just silly things like, coming into work and having a great conversation with, you know, a candidate and and then putting them in front of a, an employer and, and then that matching up. It was those little bit, little pieces, you know, at the time as well, uh, there were lots of people over here that were out of work. So I was doing sort of sessions, just helping people rewrite their CVs and giving a bit of time for free. So just helping them rewrite their CV, yeah. giving them interview tips, you know, and then just somebody texting me. And it's, and it's crazy because the LinkedIn community, I think, is so lovely for this you know I'd get a message to say oh thank you for that interview tip you gave me I've just had a brilliant interview and I've got the job you know and that didn't come through us but it was all those little bits that I thought you know what actually there's I can do this and and there is there's that purpose there for me I think there's so many people on LinkedIn that I think at that point because it wasn't very public about you know what I was going through because I didn't feel like I could be that helped me massively throughout that bit and they probably will never know but it was it's just that confidence that you know every time a new client reached out and said can we use you you know we've seen your story can we use you you know and it's those little bits that actually really really made the difference at the time i've noticed that shift on linkedin recently too like people 
And even just even news articles, like some judges here are starting to like really identify and be vulnerable and say, hey, like hand in the air, I deal with depression and anxiety and I'm stressed out. And I'm, I'm feeling like on the LinkedIn community, we're seeing more of that too, of people just like looking at the duality of the professional experience and the entrepreneurial experience. And it's not all sunshine and rainbows <laughs> and great days. It's, you know, grinning and burying it and holding on tight, right? And I love that because it's just real, right? It's real. It's the authenticity. That's what people need because when we're so busy putting on these personas, it's exhausting because we're not authentic. And so then it's depleting us. So I'm, I'm loving this kind of culture of vulnerability and strength on the same continuum of how to really move people forward in a, in a meaningful way, personally and professionally, yeah. right? Instagram was the one social networking channel that I could never really get with. It's my age. But, you know, I used to sit, especially when I was when I was at home with George the first time. So, you know, being on maternity leave with George was the first time I've ever not worked. You're there scrolling through social media and all these other moms have really got it together. You know, they are... They're in the pool and the kids are doing exactly what they want. And, you know, today, for example, I am, at times, I'm so scatty. I've dropped my boys off at nursery today. I hadn't even booked them in. I got a call at 12 o'clock to say, you've booked, dropped the boys off. And it's absolutely fine because we've got space. It is that bit of, you know, life isn't perfect. Life is not. There's there's yeah. ups and there's downs and there's nice bits and there's and there's terrible bits. You know, I put a post on LinkedIn a, a couple of weeks ago about you know I've just bought a it's not a new car but it's it's a new car to me. You know, and that's the first real big thing I've bought myself running the business. And you know, and there was some guy that was like, oh, you know, you you post like this every week, and I was like, actually, one, I don't, and two, what you know, I'm proud of myself. Yeah. Why does it why does it bother him so much? Yeah. Know? And, and yeah. But again, you know, right? taking me back, if you just had me back, you know, maybe three years ago, that really would have bothered me. I'd have been like, oh, yeah. post, you know. Yeah. And I thought, no, because actually, I, and I share both the, the good bits and the bad bits. Yeah. You know, in yeah. the hope that if somebody sat there at home thinking, shall I set up on my own, you know, is it a good thing to do? You know, and I have had people reach out to me and say, you know, you've grown your team, you've put new members on. Do you think it's right for me? I just think if you if you can do it, great. You know, do it. And I'm always just dead honest with people on both sides. It's good and bad. That that's exactly that's exactly the point, right? Is that you come to this point that you are now, and it didn't happen just accidentally. There was work that you had to put into it, and while you were putting this work in, what I want really to, to have people understand because people who are putting in the same kind of work that you were putting in, for example, they might get to a point where they're putting in the work. They, they know what the right thing is to do. For example, you talked about, you know, celebrating the small wins. You talked about that, but sometimes they might look at it and go, there are no wins right now to celebrate there mm-hmm. before that those wins come along. What is it that you were then saying to yourself to, to move yourself forward? You, you talked about feeling like that you had let, let people down, like you let your kids down, for example. You're kind of blaming yourself a little bit. How do you go from there to where you are now? It doesn't just happen overnight, right? There are small steps that you've taken before that moment. And I'm trying to, the reason I go back to those moments is because I think right there in that moment, there was a thought, right? There was a moment. And you're like, I've tried that, that didn't work. So I'm going to now try this. Did that, did you have a moment like that? where you were like, I'm doing it this way, I'm going to now do it that way. I mean, part of the reason why I set the business up was because I wanted to be, 
I thought I wanted my career, but I wanted to be a mom. I wanted to be at home, you know, yeah. hit the boys up from yeah. school and to cook their tea, you know, for them. So we've just hit the summer holidays here and their their holiday camp is only nine till three. That's the only working time that I can, you know, kind of work during the holidays. And it's been fine. But all the little bits along the way, so the late nights that I've had to do, dropping the boys off at seven o'clock at breakfast club in the morning and picking up, being the last mom, picking them up at 10 to six, you know, for 18 months. I felt, I felt like yeah. the worst mom in the world. You know, they've been doing that four days a week they're five and three and I'm like I'm the last mum on the playground the boys are oh we've got to go to breakfast club again you know I think looking back to when I was at my mum's for me it was one day at a time and even just getting out of bed getting dressed and getting into yeah. the office you know yeah. that that in itself is is a win getting yeah. both boys to where they need yeah. to be on time is a win I think yeah. one of the other things that I've definitely learned over the last sort of 12 months has been to ask for help because I'm really, really good at helping other people. That's a hard but, one, you know, isn't it? It's so hard. times my mum said to me, well, I'll pick them up from school yeah. for you. And I'm like, but they're my kids and I should be doing it. So I think that asking for help, be, yeah. you know, when I don't know something, just asking, or if I can't do something, I've also learned the power of no. So I'm the one that, you know, your friends ring me, like, should we go and do this, go and do that? And I'm like, yeah, go on, but I really don't want to go. But that's a hard one because you're a people yeah. pleaser too, right? So, like, that is a hard one for people. It's really yeah. uncomfortable. So, I've actually learned, you know, right? that, actually, you know, I don't want to do that. So, yeah. I'm not going to yeah. say yes. Just not going to come. And it's been, I mean, don't get me wrong, I've lost a few friends along the way for, you know, for, there's been some changes yeah. in, in me. And, you know, I think definitely these kind of situations really define who you who your true friends are. So again, just yeah. an example, yeah. I was sat thinking, I've, I really need to take the boys on holiday during the six weeks holiday. They've not had a holiday for three years. Then, you know, they need to go. Freddie's never really been on holiday. And I was dreading it. I was like, how am I going to cope with them both? There's two of them. There's one of me. So I wrote to my friends in. We went last week. I wrote my friends in to, to go to Wales. And so on the beach, her little boy, my friend, her other friend and her little girl. And we had an absolute whale of a time. But the old me would have just been like, I'll just go, have a horrible week, <laughs> fall out with the kids. And I was like, you know what? This makes perfect sense. They, We're all stopping in an apartment together. And then they have other kids to play with. It's like a win-win for everyone, a great right? Time. The boys have had a great time. And again, the holiday for me was one of those, I'm doing all of this really hard work. I'm putting all of this effort in. The boys have got to get some, some mom time back. You know, and it's great now from September, they won't have to go to before and after school club. I now know I can do what I need to do within those hours and a little bit on a night time when they're in bed. So, again, that for me, is that's a massive win. But we've gone yeah. through two years of yeah. pain to get to that, that point. How do you find the pacing with that, though? Because I, I find, like, what you're seeing is so, it's gr it's absolutely bang on in terms of the, the work-life balance, right? That, like, if there is such a thing, right? <laughs> but, like... It's the, I find the pacing is something that, that is the tricky part, which is like, how do you not, you know, work that extra hour when the kids are there? Or how do you, how do you lock in that protected time, I guess? Like, how, how have you been able to manage that? Because that's a, that's a difficult yeah, thing I to think do. For me, it's been really, really strict with myself. So not only have I set the business up and done that, I've gone on a real health kick as well. So I'm like back at the gym and, and everything is quite regimented. 
by default within the business, all of the ladies that I employ are women, uh, mums, women and mums. Now it's not, we've not, I've not gone out and thought I'm just going to employ mums, but they've all come to me and said the same thing. They want, they want to be a good mum. They want a career and they need a work-life balance. So when the kids are sick, they need to just be able to go. You know, Liz, who works for me, she virtually does the same, does the school run either side and then speaks to our contractors on a night time. And actually that works really, really well because the contractors are, are available to speak then. Um, a lot of the girls within the office flex between working at home, working in the office, working around the children. As I said, COVID was kind mm-hmm. of the, 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 the real catalyst for me because pre-COVID, I was very much, if the boys are sick, I've got to go. I, if I've got to go, I've got to let a client down because I'm not in an office, working in an office. It, that was very much, if I'm working for somebody and I have to let the client down, there's somebody in the background that can then pick that up. During right. COVID, everything went on to, to teams. Clients were working at home with their children. Candidates were working at home with their yeah. children. So it, it very much changed people's perspective, I think. It was okay to hear the kids crying or the dog barking because everyone was at yeah. home, right? Oh, right. So, you know, and I think yeah. also I'm the type of person, I'll come into the office and nine times out of ten when you're in the office in, for eight hours, you probably actually only work six of them because by the time you had a cup of tea, you had a chat about what your day and, you know, and then you yeah. Sometimes I would avoid the office just because I couldn't afford to lose those two hours, right? I'm like, if I go in there, I ain't going to get this work done. So for me, it's kind of like, actually, when I'm in the office, I'm like, right, girls, don't talk to me, and I'm on it. And they're all the same. I think, yeah. again, working with mums that get it and that understand it, we're all the same. So it's like we get to the end of the day. Our WhatsApp chat is probably more non-work related than anything and that's us catching up on stuff that we didn't have a conversation with on the day while we're cooking dinner you know so it's like what are you having for dinner tonight happens while we're having dinner you know I think the world shifted during COVID and that gave me the strength to go you know what actually I could set up on my own and I could just see if this will work yeah and I know a lot of people will say I've been looking at some research about this just because I have access to a university library right now and it's just yeah, it's super fun for me to geek out on this stuff. Some There's always the argument from the employer perspective that productivity is going to decrease and retention isn't going to be the same. But some of the research, I think we're going to see more of that come out. Is So I guess I'm curious about what your experiences of this as an employer is. What does that look like? Like our productivity, is that is have the people stepped up and grown in different ways? Because I feel like this is kind of a way to let people it's a really powerful way of leadership, right? Because you're the, you're the employer, but they have all of this self-determination to get the job done in a way that's meaningful for you. Know, both I, we have a rule in the office where they, they can work wherever they want. So if they want to work at home, they work at home. If they want to work in the pub, they work in the pub. I'm not bothered as long as the work gets done. Treat them like adults. They'll get the job done, and they do. You know, they deliver. I, I'd say to anyone out there, employ a mom that wants a career because they're juggling they're juggling the kids you know that don't get me wrong there's times when it's a nightmare the six weeks holiday you know juggling childcare and all of that is is a bit of a nightmare but what I get back the other side the loyalty that I get back from the girls their passion and their enthusiasm you know originally the business was my reputation it's now their reputation and the bits that I get back from them is worth the the hassle of I'm sorry I can't come in today because the little one's not very well just that work-life balance bit is so important to people. And I think the employers that get on board with that, don't get me wrong, there's some jobs where if you're in a factory, you're in a factory, aren't you? If you're doing a, yeah. 
assembly yeah. you can't do that from home but where you can offer the flexibility i think it genuinely works really really well it, it looks like what, what you're doing now and by the looks of it is you're uh you're starting to build your your community now you're using the same it seems logic of you know the the village to raise the child right you use some of the same old age-old you know ideas and and strategies and being able to you know to navigate through some of these you know kind of opportunities or challenges that you're meeting as an individual as a mom and that's central to your life what sort of challenges do you see yourself facing there today that you're still looking at going ah you know you have moments that you struggle through or does it all now just kind of work itself out you look up the community and off you go i think the hardest thing is the unplanned time off so the six weeks holiday i knew was going to be a challenge so i've got my rotor the girls have got the rotor they know where i am where the boys are you know when i'm in the office when i'm not in the office the hardest thing is when the phone rings and nurseries on the phone or schools on the phone and it's freddie's sick can you come and get him because you can't plan that Going back to being in a corporate world for me, one of the main reasons I didn't go back was because I knew that me then having to ring my boss and say, I need to leave or I'm not coming in today because the little one's not very well, wouldn't be received in, you know, I would feel, because as a mum, you feel guilty anyway. You've sent your child in, probably knowing that they're, they're not quite right, but you've got to get in and you've got to get to the office and then, you know, you've then got that, that guilt of the child's not very well, so they want you, but then you're letting your boss down because, you know, if that bit of it. So now whenever any of my girls ring me and say their child's sick, it's like, right, go and deal with that. We'll pick up from here and we'll sort it out when you're back in. There's no, what time are you coming back in? Who can have the, you know, the little one? Because I get, as a mum, I get it. I definitely pull more on the resources around me. So, you know, my mum's brilliant. If she can help, she'll have, you know, if they're sick, she'll have the kids. Their dad's starting to come a little bit more on site. I mean, he works in the construction industry and that's so outdated. So way back, you know, that mum should be at home cooking the tea and, well, if the kid's sick, why have you got to go? Where's, where's the mom? You know, that is still that that type of industry. So, again, I kind of see that from both both a male and female perspective. Some days when you've got a little one that's sick and you've got a client that wants you and, and you know, and you're being pulled off from police place, it's, it's really, really hard. But, again, you just have to, that's just one day, write that day off and start afresh the next day. I'm, I'm trying to trying to get to how Emma processes it, right? You know, the, the Emma of today versus the Emma then. What, what, what sort of, what sort of, yeah, change do you have in terms of your process or the way you, the way you, you know, you playbook through this? Definitely when a situation comes up now. So I, I'm the type of person that because I'm impulsive is probably the best word. So when something's like, you know, I run it 100 miles an hour all the time. So it's like, right, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? So when something comes up, it'd be like, right, just, just, deal with it and then move on now I'm very much actually stop probably again part of the CBT was stop think about right what's the best solution for this not what's the quickest solution what's the best solution for this Mm -hmm. so it's like stop right have a real good think about it and sometimes you know I've always been the type of person that likes to my, my inbox of my emails is completely clean every day without fail you know delete the stuff that's not needed all the stuff that is needed that's my to-do list you know and my my brain has to be the same so it's like if something's happened and something's like going off I need to deal with it there and then I think one of the things I've definitely learned is actually it doesn't doesn't need a response right now 
Like, it's okay to leave mm. that and to leave that there, take the emotion out of it and then come back to it later on. I think I used to fight every battle, every battle I had to win. Now I'm, it's not oh. about winning. It's, yeah. Sometimes it's just, actually winning is letting it go. Yeah, knowing where to yeah. put your energy. Well, you know, when, when we're training in Taekwondo, we say sometimes, they say actually the, the, the greatest victory is the one in which you had you did not have to fight at all, right? And so that's interesting, the, the need to have the win versus letting it letting it go. I hear that, Trina, coming up time and time again. I love how you said, you know, learning how to say no. It's amazing how you as a people pleaser, you would say, uh, you're learning to say no to others, but... You've probably also learned to master to say no to yourself. Yeah. Like you have this instinct. You, you found that to be like sometimes like the hardest part to say no to yourself. Yeah, definitely. Because it's that, that internal battle of, but I want to go and do that. But actually, Emma, you don't. You don't want to go and do that. You know, you, you know it's like you've got, you look at a month and all of a sudden every weekend's full of doing something. And then you've got a full on month at work as well. And it's like you get to the end of the month and you're absolutely exhausted and you're, not fit you know physically not feeling great mentally not feeling great and um, again I'm like no just stop slow down which ones do you really want to do and which ones can you get rid of and again I think you go through those those stages I remember making myself really really poorly when I was in in the estate agency because I just had like three months of I've got to be the best I've got to win the league you know I've got to the branch was doing it done poorly the year that I took it over and you know and then actually what that what I did to myself was made myself physically ill really really poorly and it was like that was again almost one of those lessons of what because you did that to win a league (laughs) and that's the thing people don't talk about that is that stress we put on ourselves manifests in physiological symptoms a lot of the time right so it's interesting while while circumstance can be you know, the enemy, sometimes we are like the biggest, you know, obstacle to our own success, either driving or in in your case, overdriving yourself. And and all there had to be was like a catalyst or a carrot or whatever you want to call it. But it was really us. What's next for Emma? I don't know. I think you're just going to keep building, building mindset, keep keep the business building. Next year, the beginning of next year, I'm definitely buying a house, me and the boys. That is that is solid is going to happen, you know, and just just keep building it. Hopefully, I'll have an army of mums working for me. Maybe some dads too. It'd be really nice, you know, to get some <laughs> some dads that want to come and you know share the parenting. But yeah, just keep building the business and keep you know keep keep pushing it. So you sound like you're in such a great place right now, and and congratulations on all of your achievements. This is a, a phenomenal for somebody who's come from where they've come from, like just. First of all, the long game, like what you've been through all in life. And then even in the short term, you know, what you've been able to accomplish in the short term speaks volumes to your your sense of, you know, focus and your your sense of perseverance and resilience. You sound like you've got this balance, like you're very calm. Your energy is very, very calm. When, you know, you see others, you know, have having gone through something similar as what you've gone through. There's so many people going through through something. They look at you and they, they might say, Emma, you know, you got a little lucky. You you had, you know, your mom, you had a business partner, Darren. I've heard you say that name. You know, you've had these people around you to be able to get you. And they may feel that they don't have that support system around them. Knowing what you know now and, and having gone through it, 
what would your what would your thought be to them? What would your insight or advice be if they didn't have these things? How would you get just, through it? Just reach out. That you know, Darren in particular was a real thought through. When I was like, I'm going to set up on my own. I know I know I want to run my own business, and I could be looking back now. 100 could have done it on my own in terms of getting the business set up and and billing. I wouldn't be as rounded as I am now. I wouldn't have got through the hurdles that I've gone through quicker without having that experience there. Like I said, he's got 15 years experience on top of mine, you know, probably lost a little bit in terms of taking a business partner on, but emotionally and, you know, and that bit of it actually has been, been brilliant. So, you know, talking through a situation with somebody else is, is perfect. You know, I, I said to all my friends, I'm that person that everyone goes to when they want, want some advice, you know, um, and I'm brilliant at giving the advice, but then just not taking it myself. So just say there are, you know, the people out there that, that will help. It doesn't matter what situation you're in, there will be somebody out there that will listen and that will that will genuinely help. If you're struggling, you know, definitely reach out. I'm in a really lucky position where I have got my mum, but but don't have a great relationship with my dad, you know, and that kind of had to go deal with that side of things growing up. That bit's tough. It's that is just just life, isn't it? So you you sound like you've got a great plan. You put things together. Your your priorities versus urgencies. You're dealing with them. How could anything be overwhelming anymore? I, I, this weekend got back from holiday and, and Ben had got the boys, so I decided to to rearrange their bedrooms because that was a great thing to do. And then Fred comes home and he's like, "I don't like it. I don't like my bedroom. I'm going to sleep in your bed." And I'm like, "No, no, you're not." And I'm, you know, ringing my friend going, I can't get this kid to sleep in his own bed. If you look at my LinkedIn post today, so I said to him last night, you must stay in your room. And he's laid on the floor and he's got one little leg out of his door and the rest of his body's in. <laughs> you know, that for me, that's a win. That he did what I asked him to do, you know. And I think it's all right to say you don't know. I think I used to be like, I had to know everything and I had to be able to have the answers to everything. Sometimes it's okay just to go, I don't, I don't know this, help me. So it's interesting, it kind of as these challenges, they, they don't really actually seem to necessarily go away. There's always a, a part of our circumstances that are, that are pulling at our, at our balance, right? And I think that's, that's the trick is to recognize when, when this is something that's taking me off my balance and to either ignore it or to sort of say, I'll get to it later or, you know, here's how, how much of it I'm going to let in right now. So I think, I think that's fantastic that you're doing that. Yeah. Any last, you know, thoughts or, 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 or words that, that you feel in terms of your journey that have been like paramount to, you know, your, your discoveries that, uh, that you've had over the last little while? Probably not do it all at once. You know, if you're going to set a business up and have tiny children and split up from your partner, maybe do it don't do it all in the same year. Face yourself. I don't think Face yourself. Anyone any advice. So do as I say, not as I do. It's- yeah, not as I do. <laughs> Looking yeah. like a mom <laughs> all the time. Yeah. And if somebody said that to you, Emma, what would you do? I'd probably do? do it all. You'd probably just go through yeah. it. Right. So that's just yeah. it. I, that's that's the beauty of it. I mean, that's that's life. That's the journey, right? So good on you and thank you so much for the time it's so good to hear these conversations and just how simple you keep it i think that's really like the thing that i take away from it all is that you don't seem to think that you're saying anything new or groundbreaking or that there's some new idea but 
But that's just it sometimes is that there doesn't have to be new ideas. It's just being able to trust some of the good old ones that are there, even if they're applied as, you know, as normally or as, you know, with, with the fault of average, you know, thought. Um, but there they are and they do work. 